kids these days. Do you understand them? Can you figure them out? I mean, what are they all about? Always in their phones, always on social media. Do you understand them? Do you get them? I mean, when I was growing up, we worked all the time. We helped our parents. We worked and went to school. We walked to school uphill both ways. And we never sassed our parents back. I hope you haven't said that recently, but I'm sure now and then it slips out and we've all heard it. Well, what about kids these days? I think they're incredible. They're freaking awesome. I love talking to the youth of all ages. I learn so much. I just think they're the coolest people. And my next guest today, Deborah. She works with all kinds of kids that are in college and graduates, helping them to craft their story so that they can get their dream job and fulfill their passion, inspire themselves, and inspire others. I had such a ball talking to Deborah. I learned so much, even though I'm not in college, although it made me want to go back to school again. And she was just such an inspiration, how she can dig it out of you, what you really want and what direction you want to go in. And then how do you put that down on paper, on a resume, so that, bam, ta-da, your story comes out. It's so fun. And you know what? I know well-meaning parents, sometimes we we try to do our best with our kids, but it doesn't always come from mom and dad. And you need to bring in some expert people, the team, I call it so that your kids can flourish. I just cannot wait for you to hear some of the tips and advice that Deborah has. And as always, I really appreciate you listening. And if you like this episode, please share it with friends that you know would benefit, whether it's kids or their parents. And also make sure you subscribe and you rate the show and you like it. I love that you do that. I'm here for you. Let me know what you want to hear. This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Florence Belsky Charitable Foundation, which was founded in 2003 by Florence Belsky, a pioneer, attorney, mentor to many, and positive aging activist. The foundation's main programs are First Mondays, Women Who Lunch, and Pick Three, a virtual mentoring program which connects advisors. The foundation has over a thousand global advisors of all ages and has hubs in all major U.S. cities as well as international cities all over the world. The foundation has been developing virtual resources to help people during the current pandemic on its website, www.flowbellangels.org. The latest program is a virtual woman's network called Women Who Lunch 2.0. For more info on that, see www.flowbell.org. Hello, hello. What's going on, my let's keep it real people? Well, 
I can tell you this. This has been on my mind forever. College kids, what's going on with them? Where are they going? Are they dealing with virtual? All my friends have kids in school right around college. Me, my son's still junior in high school. But I'm thinking, how are they getting out there? How are they spreading the word? Do they know how to market themselves? These are things that keep me up at night. I know you might have more serious things, but lately I've been talking to a lot of young peeps. So after my brain was almost gonna explode, I went out and I found someone who could answer all these questions and more. But let me tell you about Deborah before I bring her on. So Deborah Olshin Cooper. Deborah has been an entrepreneur and CEO of several companies in the past 30 years, including two successful public relations, you know I love that, and marketing firms, Real Life Communications and Marketing Incorporated in New York City, Ooh, and Fresh Connect Solutions in Miami. Ooh, I want to talk about South Beach. I love South Beach. In addition, she founded, oh my God, you're going to love this, Daycation Today, a fun-filled staycation for women huh, to do something great for themselves every month. Well, you know I'm about that. Today, Deborah has founded where we're going with this, Your Career Design Lab to help college students and college graduates Oh my goodness, wait, you're not going to believe this. She's going to architect and design and curate their unique story. You know how much I love stories. I'm the storyteller. I always say, how are we going to spin it? Oh, this is going to be so fun. So anyhow, let's get back to design and curate their unique story. Put it into their passions and turn it into a paycheck. Deborah, welcome. Oh my God, Sandy, I loved the intro. Thank <laughs> you so much. Well, I'm so excited about this because normally we don't have that many young people on as guests, but recently we've had, and their stories are so different, and I find it fascinating, you know? And so I thought, how perfect for you to come on and be the answer with all the wisdom out there. You know, it'll be fun. But before we get to all your little tidbits... I start out every guest with, what's your word? I feel like the price is right. What's your word, <laughs> Deborah? In the past 30 days, now everyone said, you know, they're like schizophrenia bipolar. I get it. We're all over the place. But if you're going to say the word that's the most prominent to describe good, bad, or ugly, doesn't matter, the past 30 days, what would be your word? Passion. Passion. Yep. All right. Well, we like to hear that. Why passion? Let's dive into that. You know, passion is what drives everything that I do. And, you know, passion like for survival, if that, like when I started Daycation Today, it was my passion to find things outside of this like suburbia that I was living in. Mm -hmm. So everything that's driven me in life, I realize, has been my passion. It's a thought, you know, it's a thought in the moment that I have that I have to pursue and be passionate and become passionate about. And that's what, you know, Sandy, honestly, is what I'm doing with the kids. Like yesterday, I just spoke to the University of Delaware, and I'll get into that. But it was excavating these, these kids' passions and not even realizing that they had them. You know, mm. it becomes my passion, if that makes uh, sense. No, I get it. I get it. I did a podcast show down at Temple's campus, mm. and we was just with four kids... They would come on and they would drill me 
with questions. And they wouldn't tell me the questions beforehand, Deborah. Oh my God. I had the best time. I would pee myself. I mean, the stuff they asked me and I had to make a promise I would answer whatever they asked. Can you imagine the things they asked me? Oh, I can imagine. No, this generation is like amazing. I'll tell you yesterday when I was in it, I thought, oh, okay, I'm going to come in. I'm going to help them form their stories. And when I asked them what everyone did, like one started a nonprofit when she was 10. One's like in college and he's doing food trucks for like the health of the world. And I'm like, I want to step out. I'm like, okay, you guys all got it. I'm good. I got to get out of here. But I, it was like amazing. And um, it's so wonderful to hear all these kids, you know, pursuing yeah. them what they want to do. So were you there in person or virtual? No, unfortunately, I was virtual. I was virtual. But still, you know, again, passion go, can go through any kind of electronics, I think. Yeah, so how did you organize that? Um, I mean, that sounds amazing. Like, how did you get these kids to come on? And was there a limit to how many kids could be there? Well, you know what? Again, you know, when I talk about passion or I guess visualization of things that I want in my life, as I've started, you know, my career in public relations and marketing and then starting Daycation and when I started your career design lab, I kind of put out a visual of what who I wanted to get to in life. Because I'll, I'll give you a quote, Sandy, that I love, and I say this to the kids. It says, when I was five, my mother always told me happiness was the key to life. And when I went to school, they asked me what I wanted to do when I grew up. I wrote down happy. <laughs> they told me I didn't understand the assignment, and I told them they didn't understand life. That was written by Ooh. John Lennon. Oh my God. Of course. Of course. Right? So yeah. I kind of look at life that way. And I thought I was having one-on-one -on -one clients and I, and people would tell me colleges today, you know, they want your money. Of course, now it's an even playing field and we can get into all of that, but you know, they want your money and they don't really care what kids get or don't get when they get out of college. You know, except for maybe the Harvards or the Yales or whatever, mm -hmm. it's an even playing field right now. And what I try to tell kids today, it doesn't matter what school you go to. It doesn't matter what GPA you get. It doesn't matter how I'm AP classes. You have to find what you're passionate about and pursue that. That's what hmm. jobs are looking for now. What are you passionate about and how you tell that story? And I mean, here's a perfect example and stop me if I keep going on, but I'm working with a girl right now who is working at the Four Seasons um, at night shift, 11 to four to 7 a.m. in the morning, and then taking 18 classes at FIU. Oh, and I love her story. And so when I ask kids, what are your strengths? She's like, well, you know, I'm really organized, and I'm this and I'm that, right? Everybody says that. But I said, I feel like there's something else in your story. I feel like there's something you did as a young person because she was a tennis champ and all that. She goes, well, you know, and she's throwing this aside. And she's like, well, you know, when I was four... I did want to eat lunch at the cafeteria. My mom wouldn't let me. So she made salami sandwiches for me. And I hated salami. <laughs> so one day my mom opens up the Dora backpack and outspills all these $20 bills. And she confronted me. And she said, Sophia, what is going on here? How do you have so much money? And she said, she fessed up that she sold each salami slice for $4. Oh, love her. Love, Love her. her. So the point is, when she goes in for a sales job, instead of going, well, I did go to Harvard and I did do this, but she has no story, all she needs to go in with that story, she'll be, she's going to be hired on the spot. Hmm. You know what, Deborah? I'm so glad you brought that up because before I bring you on, I always ask my listeners for questions. And I want to jump into this one right now because it was one of the biggest questions. 
Please ask Ms. Cooper. I always keep their names like anonymous, so we'll call him Billy Bobberoo. Billy <laughs> Bobberoo wants to know, does it really matter the school I go to, I want to be an artist? And he is a senior right now in high school. You know, for Billy Bob Thornton, no, I'm not going to call him Thornton, but for I Billy know. Bob, what I would suggest, yes, for art, and again, I don't know if it's digital marketing art, you know, there's so many different art things now. For art, it is great if you went to the Rhode Island School of Design or, or some kind of school like that, but because it kind of, it kind of sets your foundation, if you will. I mean, I have a, a client right now who went to the Berklee School of Music. It does kind of validate you, okay. but it's what he did in the school. So I would suggest to Billy Bob Thornton, it doesn't matter in a way what school, it, you know, pick a great school that's going to enhance what it is you want to do. And okay. in that school, become involved in clubs, start your own club, do things outside of the thing, which builds your resume to hopefully one day get a job or, or follow your career in that, in what you want to you're passionate about. Does that make sense? It doesn't, it's not. Yeah, it does make sense. And I'm thinking about this because, you know, my whole life I've been an entrepreneur and always hired so many college kids because my health clubs were in center city. So the schools, I mean, I had to pick in the litter Mm -hmm. and I always said to them, whatever it is you want to do intern in it, because first of all, you know, you get connections and experience, but how have you hate it? You know what I mean? Like That's right. You know, so I mean, I'm sure you're big into interning, but it wasn't even just for the connections. Like I had half the kids go, you know, I really thought in the health and fitness field, I wanted to be in the hospital setting. And I realized after being in it, I hated it. I don't know how often you hear that, Deborah. Well, let me put it to you this way, Sandy. When I ran my public relations marketing company in New York, it was very interesting. I'd hire kids you know, the same as you, I'd hire kids that had studied communications or journalism or PR, wanted to be in PR so bad. And I would have all these fashion companies. So every day we'd have a meeting and I'd say, okay, Susie Q, uh, did you call Vogue magazine? Yeah, I called Vogue and I left a message. Right. And there'd be like chirping sounds. And I'd say, okay, we're not dialing for dollars here. (laughs) You got to get on the phone. You make a hundred phone calls for every placement that we want to make. But what she came to discover is she didn't like making cold calls. She didn't like trying to sell a product or a thing. Yeah. She thought it was going to events and having, you know, great cocktails. Yeah. And she certainly learned that she did not have the personality to go out and push something on behalf of our clients. Mm. It's it's the same of what you're saying. And yet there were other kids that loved that and would get really competitive with themselves of how many placements they could make in magazines. You know, I'm. This is so refreshing to me because my business partner at times used to think I was loony bins, but mm. I would hire people. And some of my best managers, like I can just think of one right now, went to art school. And I don't know. I met. I don't know why she applied. I met her. She was amazing. You know, amazing at what she did. And and Megan, who's my operations manager, came to me. She was a totally opposite PR market, and yet I meet them. And I see all they've done and I just know. So I think about that, you know, it was nothing if you looked at their resume, they weren't telling, like you were saying how important it is to tell the story. I love that you say this, ta-da, because I do that all the time, like a crazy woman, (laughs) but their resume wasn't, you know, 
I don't know. Thank God that somebody said to look at them because I wouldn't even pick them for the job they were going after. Right. Exactly. And that's that's what's changed. You know, I, I was telling the kids yesterday that coronavirus, as horrible as it is, has really, in this venue, in this milieu of what we're talking about today, has really changed, um, you know, in, for so many reasons. And I'll tell you, there were a lot of kids, it was very interesting, I was starting to work with right before the coronavirus, you know, and we're graduating, we're starting to graduate like last May. But come like February, and then certainly March, when the ball dropped, it was like, wait a minute, I'm not getting my $65,000 a year job in New York because, you know, I'm planning to get my apartment there and I'm planning to have, and I'm like, here's a newsflash. It's not happening. You know, like it's not happening. But what happened in that opportunity, I was working with a company that was starting a website called um, Senior Strong. And it was to help seniors during the COVID time, you know, to, to alleviate stress and anxiety and not being able to see their families. And I got all these kids involved. One, like what you're saying, Sandy, was an artist. She came up with the logo for this company. Another was a digital marketing person, but maybe just did things on her own. She became the digital marketing manager. So for a couple of months, while nothing was going on, if you will, in the job market, they created, I allowed, I gave them the opportunity to create their own job market. They built up this whole website, got tons of followers, got tons of press, and now they're all in jobs because of what they did. Now, mm. that would that would not be a linear way they would have thought in the past. Yeah. But being yeah. able to say to people, when people say, what have you done during the coronavirus? Instead of saying you watch 10 episodes of Friends, I would say to them, you could say, oh, I started a website that helped seniors in New York and in the five boroughs to yeah. alleviate stress and anxiety. You're hired. <laughs> it's so true. It, and by the way, everything... Deborah is saying people, and because she was an owner of a company and she is an owner of a company, I mean, and same thing with me, it's 100% true. I mean, that's how I hire people. Absolutely. Yeah. Even even with fitness trainers, as long as they had a certification that I covered, you know, all the legalities, the best top trainers didn't have the PhDs in fitness, right. which I'm sure you can imagine. You know, it was how they cared for their client and their personality and so much more. All right, so let's get into the second question before we move on. All right, you ready for Sally's question? Sure. <laughs> Sally said, okay, so I'm working from home, meaning I'm going to college at home. And she says it just like this. I'm putting the tone to it. Woohoo. She's going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel her. Tell her I feel Virtually, her. she's going to college and she's a very social person mm. but the thing she's more concerned about is she knows how important it is to i mean this goes on and on so i'm trying to you know condense it uh network mm-hmm. so she is a senior and concerned she's not networking enough and how can she do that virtually that's, Deborah. A, great, that's a great question sally and you know what i love this question because this is what I said to all my kids. There are so, and what also the coronavirus has created is, which has kind of always been, but people haven't, are tribes and communities. And I think that's what Sally's talking about. And what I could tell Sally, there's, I'll tell it right off the, on the air here, but there is a company or an organization called Next Gen HQ. And every Wednesday, she can look it up. Every I love Wednesday, those guys. Oh, you know them, right. So yeah. they're amazing. And every Wednesday they, at 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, they have a coffee chat. 
and Sally, you just get on there. They talk. They shoot the breeze. Ooh. It's about anything. But at the same time, it's kind of like, what is your need? What is your want? Well, I'm, I don't know what Sally's studying, if she wants to say what she's studying or what she's trying to get into. You know, on their website and on their newsletter, they've got job openings. They've got things. Or, and there's people that you can connect with there. Also, our Women Who Lunch 2.0 which Sandy, you were on. It's yeah. a great way for her to come on and say, this is what I do and to connect. There are so many organizations out there that are right, unfortunately, now on Zoom, but yet it almost condenses it to like, hey, I want to know you. What do you want to do in life? And let me help you. Rather yeah. than, are you ordering the chicken or the fish and I'm going to leave before dessert? <laughs> you know, well, that was wonderful. And hey, I'm all for going to nice restaurants and hotels to network. Yeah. I'm kind of loving this time to because to, it's opening up to say, what can I do for you? How yeah. can I help you? And you can get more in because you don't have to travel and go anywhere. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it becomes honestly more meaningful. So Sally's in a really, if she's social like that, kudos yeah, to her. And let her go to these kinds of places that I'm mentioning and looking up. And if she wants to contact me afterwards, I have a whole list of communities and tribes to get involved with. So okay. you don't feel alone and setting those things up. Yeah. You know what? You need your peeps, don't you? you I do. need my peeps. I, that's why I have groups and I'm, I'm sure yours are too. We still meet virtually. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's so important. And quite frankly, but this is, I also think that the floodgates are opening up a little bit. So yeah. if Sally wants to start to make inroads, you know, if she feels safe enough to be honest with you, if she's been careful or whatever, you might want to say, hey, do you feel comfortable enough meeting? I've started to meet a client or two that I know have been social distancing and whatever, just to have that one-on-one -on -one once a month, you know, at least. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you, you, I mean, here it's going to get cold, but a lot of people are meeting outside, you know, and it's great. Mm -hmm. So take advantage of it while you can. And yes, yes. the one-on-ones, we're really, we're really lucky we can do that. So I don't even know, where do you live, Deborah? I live in Miami, Florida. Ah, okay. Yes. Well then you're not worried about the winter coming. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm worried about like the hurricanes right now and the hundred degree temperature, but no, I'm not worried about the winter <laughs> at right. all. Thank I guess God. there's other downsides. But you know, Sandy, it's interesting you say that because my, when I started daycation today, not to divert, but when I started daycation day, I had moved to Short Hills, New Jersey. And before I was going to leave my car on the train tracks a little too long, because I was like, oh my God, what did I do? You yeah. know, I, I moved to suburbia. Like, I am so not suburbia. So I would say <laughs> to people I met there, because I was like Sally, like I needed connection. And yeah, sitting, yeah. you know, on suburbia on a cul-de-sac street was not doing it for me, because I was so used to New York walking around. So I started vacation because I would say to people, oh, do you know what's going on in the next town? Or have you ever been to Summit? Or have you ever been to Chatham? And they go, oh, no, I, I've never been outside of Short Hills, New Jersey. And I'm like, holy crap, I'm going to like, I'm going to do something serious. So I went out and found out all the best yoga studios or the, um, you know, nail salons to all these towns outside of Short Hills. And I said, look, I could bring people to you. What are your downtimes? And they would say, oh, well, nobody comes in from 12 to 2. And I'd say, well, I'm going to bring you 10 people, but you can't charge. You know, I don't want them charged because they're going to buy a gift certificate or whatever. Sure enough, that's how I started vacation. <gasps> 
for moms because I was finding myself dropping my kid off at school, maybe going to Soul Cycle, then going to the market and the dry cleaner. And by the time I came home, it was time for pickup. And it was like month after month. If I didn't do something for myself, I was going to lose it. So girls would come together. We'd all go get our nails done or a cooking class or whatever, all these cool things I found. So at least you felt like you did something for yourself. And then mm. you were still in time to pick up your kids, but you fulfilled yourself. And I had bike rides when the leaves were changing and all kinds of things. And it was fantastic. And so again, you know, it was a passion that was due to survival, but yet it helped other people. Well, yeah, but that's always, don't they say some of the best companies we come up with, you know, is because we want them, right? Or the yeah. best products. You're like, damn, there's nothing out there like this. And, and that... I don't know. A lot of times those work because you're passionate about it and there is no failure because you want to do it. So no matter where it goes, it's a win-win. And how ingenious of you. I don't want them charged. That's my favorite. <laughs> right? But what was so great is like, let's say it was a nail salon or a tea place that we went to. Yeah. Oh, we went to, I found this incredible tea place. People had lived in short hills or had never been to this tea place, which was 20 minutes away. Like, Really? But anyway, so, you know, but then people signed up to have their luncheons there or whatever. And yeah. I brought business to all these businesses, but it was, it was fantastic. But yes, it was, you know, always it's out of a baby. need. Visibility. Good for you. All right. Thanks. So here I'm sitting and I get the college kids. They're my peeps. I love them. I told you before I did a radio show with them. I miss it. I can't wait to get back. But how did you make that turn? I mean, I, I'm trying to sit here thinking, all right. She owns a PR and marketing company, and then you find, you know, all right, I think I'm going to switch gears and go for the kids. How'd yeah. that happen? Oh, I love that you asked that question. Well, you know, as I said, for over 30 years, I've been in PR and marketing and pretty much has pitched every person, place, and thing on the Today Show, Good Morning America, CNN, Time Magazine, you know, throughout the years. And what happened was about two years ago, summers ago, a friend of mine called and said, Deborah, I, I'm having such a hard time with my kids. She just got a job in Chicago. She graduated Northwestern. She just got a job, but she hates her internship because all she's doing is like getting coffee. I go, give her to me. Like, let me talk to her. And I, and she put her on the phone because, you know, I grew up with these kids. I'm sure as you have with your, yeah, your son's yeah. kids. I go, Joe, I go, I go, um, Abby, you got to go speak to the boss. And she's like, I I'm not speaking to the boss. I go, oh yeah, you are. And first you're writing an email and you're saying, look, I came all the way to Chicago to be in this internship. I'm not getting the job experience that I was hoping to get. I love this company. That's why I chose it. Can I be put on another team or what have you? So I finally got her to do that. Sure enough, they put her on another team. She was a junior at the time. They offered her a full-time job when she graduated college. Yay! Right. So, but it was just that little shift. And I realized here I've been pitching people for a long time, but there, I was starting to see and other kids started to come to me and they're like, Deborah, thank you so much. I got the job or, oh, that was so great. I told my story like that. And I went, oh, I think this is a viable business that I could take that pitching skills that I've done for over 30 years and help these kids hone their stories so that they a, come to know themselves because look, Sandy, and I, I don't know about you, but I own it. I'm owning up right now. You know, my kid grew up in the time that we all did where we were over helicoptering. Did you do this? Did you do that? Did you, you know, 
you know, did you do this essay? Did you do your APs or whatever? <laughs> you know, just out of fear base and wanting them to be the best that they could be. Uh, but yes. It, but it's caused a lot of these kids to not know who they are because we didn't give them that opportunity. We, I'll speak for you know, didn't give the opportunity to let them fail and let them find out who they are and be able to pursue things they're passionate about. And I kind of wanted to change that narrative in my business and allow these kids to do that. And that's what I've done with them. And, but, but how I work is I'm like their GPS. Like, you know, where nine 11, you know, where, where seven 11 is, but sometimes it just feels good to go make a right here, make a left here. You've arrived at your destination. Yeah, You're like, yeah, yeah. Oh, thank God. I know it's around the corner. I kind of knew it, but it just feels good to have a little direction. So that's what I do with these kids, that they've done amazing things in college or in high school, but how do they take it to the next level? And not so much about getting a job. And I don't get them into jobs. I get them into their careers. And you're right. Some of the careers that they thought they wanted, they can go on. And some they'll realize that's not what they wanted to do and Mm -hmm. go into another one. But in that time, what I do is I sit down with them. And like you were talking about the to-da list, I send out this to-da list to get them to not think linearly literally, you know, like I've done this and I've accomplished this and I started this. Screw all that. It's what did you, what do you love? What are you most passionate about? What made you the happiest when you were a kid? You know, and it's so interesting because when these kids do it, they go, you know, I didn't realize the reason I love music because at 12, I was doing garage band because I taught myself guitar and piano on my own. Yeah. Yeah. And you get this aha moment that then from everything comes. From there, we start to put it into the proverbial questions that every employer will ask. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Tell me a little bit about yourself. And if you're sitting there and all of a sudden the guy goes, "Uh, yeah, I'll have the tuna sandwich with the iced coffee with a little milk. Oh, excuse me. What were we saying? And you go, oh, my God, they hate me. He ordered the tuna sandwich while I was interviewing. If you can just go back to your story and authentically know who you are, it's just going to show volumes. Mm. You know, I'm, but I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about this because how does that translate? Like, I know it's important to tell your story and I'm, uh, so true confession. I tend to be long winded sometimes. And sometimes my husband will say, uh, is there a point here? Cause I love listening to people's stories and I love hearing their journey. So I tend to do it myself, but how do you freaking do that on a resume when they say, be short, be sweet, you know, one page? Like, how do you get all that in and get the stuff they really need to see? Because I start with when we start to cultivate the story from the list. I have about 40. It's a little bit of a process, about 38 questions. From there, we start to cultivate what really is going on in their lives. So when the resume time comes, it's so much easier to put like, I wasn't just a front desk person, let's say. Like this girl had down front desk. I go, from your story, you were anything but a front desk person. You were, uh, I forgot what we called her, customer service relations. Do you know what I mean? Hospitality representative. Right. I mean, you were dealing with Dwayne Wade, you know, but she kind of brushed that off. Like I'm a friend. No, you weren't. You were this and you have a story to back it up. Gotcha. And that becomes so much richer you know, in the resume. And then when they do the bullet points, again, it, it kind of rehashes the story. So when somebody asks you what you did during that time, boom, you go into your story about that particular job yeah. that you did, you know? 
Yeah. I so and when then, do you start working with the kids? Like, is there a certain age that you take them on or you need them by? Yes. Well, I'll tell you, I just worked with a girl in high school here in um, Weston. And that was very interesting because she had two brothers, one that went to Cornell and one to went to U of F and are engineers because when they were five, they loved playing with Legos. So they're like, you know, trajectory was set. And it was very interesting. She was getting very um, anxious about what she should be doing in life. And she had to know what she was doing in life. And what I was trying to explain mm. to her is nobody knows what they want to do when they, sometimes when they go into college and even more importantly, when they come out of college, it's your time to find yourself. It's your time to get involved into the fabric of the school to define you. She loved baking. So for her to be honest with you, I was saying, forget what school you want to go to. Find the clubs or the, the kinds of school that lends itself to baking, you know, or to cooking. Maybe she should go to Johnson and Wales and find a semester at that and find out if that's something she really wants to do. Because sometimes people that are in music or the arts go, oh, I want to be a singer. But then when they go to a Berkeley School of Music and they see the competition, they're like, oh, I just like to do it for fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I was trying to tell her that her interests and her passions is what should drive her decision for college. Not so much what the college could do for her in a way, but what she would be able to do in the college. Because gotcha. that's where she's going to find her peeps. That's where her happiness is going to be. And from yeah. there, she could thrive. Yeah. So do parents hire you too? Not Parents come to me in droves. And I'll tell you why, Sandy, as you can relate to this. You know, at this point, at 17, 18, 19 years old when they're going to college, you want to transition from being a parent as we know it. Like I say, did you send the resume out? What did they say? What did they do? Did you go? Did you, what did you wear? You know, from, hey, how's it going? And knowing that, they, that they've hired a mentor, they've hired a career coach, they've hired mm. someone to be, just like we buy GPSs. They're buying a GPS. Gotcha, gotcha. And the kids can relate more to someone like myself that understands their journey. And they can talk on a level that really allows them to be free to, 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 to move themselves forward. I mean, I had a kid one time. He has been playing tennis since he was five. So when I said, you know, you could just, you know, consider me like a coach, he said, I've been coached my whole life. I totally understand what coaching can do for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm telling you right now, I cannot tell you how many of my friends were telling me last year and the year before that they had a great relationship with their kid mm -hmm. until they were bugging them. I'm not yeah. kidding you. I, I'm, I'm reliving this. And they're like, I can't believe he didn't apply to this. He didn't go to this. I'm trying to get this to go to this school and that school. And it was driving them insane until it just was like there was nowhere to go. Nowhere Correct. to go. Like they just said, that's it. I have to give up and not care if you get into school. But some of them, Deborah, were really sad because they think if their kid would have gotten on it a little bit sooner, it, you know, they would have gotten into one of the schools they really wanted to. But they waited to the last minute. Sandy, I'm so glad you brought that up. I have a situation like that actually right now where um, a parent called me and this kid is going to school. I won't say what school, but as I come to know him in the last couple sessions, I go, what are you doing in the school? Like you want to be doing this. And do you know, because of online now, thank God, I said, if you want to learn this application, it's called Appleton or something. It's something for music. I go, why don't we look up other schools that do that? Sure enough, 
Berkeley School of Music has a whole certificate program on this Appleton thing that he wanted to learn, and he signed up for it. Now he's actually learning. He's going to be able to learn what he should have been doing, if you will. He should have gone to a school like Berkeley. Yeah. But now he's able to go because we've identified who he is and what he wants to do. And she called me up and she's mm. like, thank you so much. And she could feel that he was lost. But parents at this stage, we really have to step aside yeah. and let others take over. So that you can, because what's most important is to have that relationship with your child, to have your child be able to tell you what's going on in their life without trying to fix it. Yeah. And you know what? I think the big thing if, for all you parents out there that have told me they feel as if, oh, I shouldn't have to hire someone. I'm a failure as a parent no. if I can't do this, blah, 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 blah. Pish, 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 you know? It's like saying you don't need a coach or a therapist, you know? Don't get down on yourself, you know, because your kid, oh, well, you hear the, their parents say to them, Deborah, which I know you can understand, when I was growing up, if my kid didn't do, you know what I mean? You're like, oh, my God. Like, so they feel like crap, like do I suck as a parent? Because my parents said, I told you to apply. You would never not do it. I'm sure you hear this stuff. I hear this all the time. And you know what I say to people now? I judge nothing that occurs. <laughs> Think about that for a minute. How yep. powerful that yep. statement is. I said this to the kids yesterday, and you could almost see them have tears in their eyes. Judge nothing that occurs. Judge nothing about yourself as a parent. Your child should be judging nothing about themselves because you know what? It's an inside outside paradigm now that we've got to look inside. In fact, I said during the coronavirus, this is awesome that you don't have the job that you thought you were going to do because this is your time to think you bait. Think you bait is a time to think oh, like about. That. Thank you. Who, you know, that comes from my PR back. I put on that <laughs> PR hat and boom, that came out. I like think you bait. I like that. Right. Like but it's incubating. It's really going into yourself and saying, what is it that I need, that I want, that I want to pursue? And not the outside world. Like I was saying to the kids, imagine last year when everybody was looking at their Instagram. Oh, this one's having a better time at U of F. Oh, look, she got into a story. We are all looking outside of ourselves. Yeah. This is a time to, nothing's happening except for what you create for yourself. Yeah, I, I love it. By the way, on a side note, mm -hmm. I know I'm not an artist and I'm not a producer and I Definitely can't sing, but can you get me a job with Bruno Mars? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that dude. I'm looking at this person you placed. She's talking about one of her clients that she placed in this position. You can tell a little bit about it. I don't like many, like there's some artists like, eh, 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 but I was just telling my son, oh, the voice from the gods. So it was funny. That's a big deal that you place that person. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's funny you say that. I have actually two things. It's funny you say that because Kenny Loggins, for me, was always my jam. I, I mean, I was like a groupie of groupies. I went to every concert that he really? ever like played since I was like 16. Oh. And a, a couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to do a meet and greet. I guess I got on his fan club or something. And I, and I got on and I was able to, to meet him. And I got up there. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to tell him, Kenny. I've been to a hundred of your concerts. I'm your biggest fan. And he kind of looked at me like, okay, you know, like next, like, thank you, next. Yeah. And I was crushed. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Okay, I've written, I've, I have to write you off because that was just too painful for words. But 
To your point about uh, Bruno Mars, I do have a client who's an incredible singer, incredible singer, and it's been on like all these shows, and he's just incredible. He played with Phil Collins' son and all of this kind of stuff. And I've he's during this coronavirus time, he has um, a, f- a father who happens to work in the Heat organization, Miami Heat. So he's kind of grown up with all these guys, and he came up with this idea of music basketball, MBL, music, basketball, life, where he's interviewing Dwayne Wade at home. Hey, Dwayne, like, what are you doing now? You know, what music yeah. dry, you know, what music got you going to win the NBA? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I have been able to connect him with an ex-William Morris agent who thought it was brilliant what this kid is doing with his music and now with this interviewing skills. He's a total performer that now they are building content to sell to like, Firmadale and some of these um, production companies because they think they have a show. Isn't that freaking awesome? It's awesome. I'm so happy for him because he's just brilliant. And I'm also introducing him to Live Nation and some of the things that I'm, because I think it's one thing to be a singer and he will in his life, but you can also open up your world to that industry. You always want to open up to the industry that you want to be involved in because you never know which doors are going to open. Yeah, yeah. So... I was noticing it. I, I have to ask, did your daughter listen to you? I see here that she's attending college. You know, she's 18. Were, did you have to get somebody else for her or was she listening to Ma? Um, I'll be honest with you. No, we had hired a career counselor, to be honest with you, because I'm somebody who always I, I always even with the kids, I say that I excavate. I'm an excavator. I don't even think that's a word. But I love, if there's some knowledge to be gained from something, I'm going to excavate it. I can't just sit on the surface and go, somebody knows something more than me, and I'm going to pretend I know everything. That's just stupid, you know, in my Silly, silly, silly. Yeah, I agree. And and so, no, we hired a college counselor who helped her um, to navigate. It's all about navigation, who navigated her through that process, because I knew nothing about it, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, and, and I'll be honest with you. She ended up taking a gap year um, last year because she did go to these colleges and realized, you know what, they weren't going to offer her what she thought she did. Because, you know, I'll go back to this, like you have a junior in, in high school. It's such a shame that these high schools are doing what they're doing. And I think this will change, too. High school should be the time that you're really kind of finding out a little bit about yourself. So you don't get to college and you go, oh, my God, where am I? Why yeah. did I think I wanted to be here? Mm-hmm. What was I thinking? Because they're so involved with their APs, especially your senior, junior and senior year. There is so much going on of what's going to be in the future that you don't even have a chance to think about yeah. anything. All the and testing. I, all the right. standardized testing. Yeah. All the bulls you know, stuff. And then what happens is they get to college and go, I can't be, this is not where I want to be. And I'll tell you something I spoke to, you know, then it got me interested in what is really going on to kids when they get to college. And I've spoken to a lot of educators and a lot of people. And they said, we are having a really hard time with kids coming stressed out, not knowing who they are. And then they end up doing one of four things, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. They had kids that like they'd walk by the dorm rooms. They're already out. They don't even know where they went. (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, depression, all of those kinds of things. These best four years of your life comes with a trajectory. You know, that first semester, that first year can be daunting. And we got to prepare our kids now to know that that might happen. 
it's not, it may not be the best yeah. four years of your life. It certainly yeah. not, could not be yeah. the best you know, semester of your life. You gotta take it day by day. So what would you like to see the high schools do differently? I'd like them to do more explanation. I'd like to actually come into high schools and start to excavate their stories. Because for instance, I was, when I was talking to the University of Delaware, there were two kids in particular that went to high school. And when I brought this up, they go, we went to a school that it was all about academics. It was all about achievement. Yeah. You know, and we're just realizing now that that may not be the way that we want to go. So I would like to go in and say, it's okay. And you know, I think it would help the parents too, Sandy, to say, this linear way that we've all been taught to think is not necessarily the way to go. There are other journeys to take that are going to get you exactly where you need to go. And yeah. I think I would love to do things with parents and with kids to say, go find yourselves now. Go work in community things or you know, do things just for fun because the rest of the stuff doesn't matter. I can tell you from placing kids in jobs now, no one gives a whatever, of yeah. where you went to school, what GPA you, you have. They want to know what value you are bringing into this company. That's all they care about. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny because in a different way, I do go into schools and I deal more with helping to deal with anxiety mm -hmm. and stress through mindfulness and mental health and well-being. And some of the schools are very receptive, but others, mm -hmm. whoa, it's just, we don't have time for that. And I'm thinking, okay, but you just told me that you have more kids That's right. with issues with anxiety than ever. Like the counselors can't keep up with it. And the kids are saying, it's too much pressure. I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I might do. You know, I can't get straight A's and all this other stuff. And it's off the charts, not even just in the high schools. I'm sure you're familiar Correct. with it. 100%. But yet, they're fighting this, it's almost like this brick wall to get the parents to agree to have a course <laughs> in how to deal with this. Like, come on, it's craziness, right? It is craziness. But I think eventually um, this mindset, as you said, will have to change because it's just become overwhelming. Exactly what you said. This is what all the educators are saying now yeah. um, that it's, it's, it's just taking away from the whole college experience. Yeah. Well, it and sounds it, like you relaxed your kids because I wanted to get, make sure I get this question in from this, this young man, we'll call him Baba. Baba <laughs> is like, he can't deal with anxiety. And then he said, Sandy, <laughs> in big letters, you don't understand you're not dealing with what we have to deal with as far as we're competing now with the world. So it's not like, okay, you live in this town, you get a job here, whatever. It's like internet all over the world. So how can you tell me to relax? There you go, Deborah. <laughs> okay, well, I would say to Baba that <laughs> futurizing yourself is only hurting yourself more. And that and I know this may be a little woo-woo right now, but what I try to teach the kids is your thought in the moment. And what I mean by that is your thought is what drives your feelings. So if you are getting overwhelmed by your thought of the world at large and, oh my God, I'm not going to get a job, that is creating your anxiety. If your thought is, today, I'm going to do what I'm passionate about or I'm going to work towards a goal, that is all you have control over. And that will drive your feeling towards doing something great for yourself. But to have that thought that in a way doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really doesn't exist. It's just your thought 
that's creating those feelings. And that's I am. It's not woo woo. You know, believe me, anybody's listening to my podcast, they know how much I believe that. And I'm so happy that you are saying that, you know, I'm so happy. And also, you know, like this one keeps like embarrassed. He said to go to a counselor or a therapist. I mean, I thought that was out the window. I thought kids didn't care about that anymore. Deborah. I think everybody, I'm just being honest with you. I think these kids are in need and I'm not, this is not like a put, you know, the kids right now, because of how they've grown up and this world at large right now could benefit from expressing their emotions and expressing their feelings to a counselor, to a coach, to a career person, to help them identify and go inward because it's like Baba just said, and you know, I don't blame them, but we have been, well, look at so-and-so just got a job here and look at, oh, look at this kid. And we're seeing these shows where these like prodigies and this kid singing at 10. But if you get caught up in that, you're only hurting yourself. Yeah. Yeah. The only person you could take inventory is of yourself. Yeah, and it's so important. But I do think you need to have someone on the outside, Absolutely. not a parent, no. helping you, you know? Absolutely. My and son, it, by the way, um, didn't mean to interrupt. He, yeah. even when he was in seventh and eighth grade, said, Ma, I think everyone should talk to someone at least once a week, <laughs> whether it's a counselor or there. That's not their parent. It, you know, he said it changed my life. He, he loves a school counselor. Just talking to her once a week, you know, changes Absolutely. life. Absolutely. It's a perspective. It's everybody needs different perspectives in life. That's how you help yourself yeah. is by excavating those different perspectives that become true for you. That's how you build on one's self-esteem and self-reliance. Yeah, yeah. You know, Deborah, I'm sitting here thinking, oh my goodness, we only have a few minutes left and I have a million questions that I didn't get to, but I'm going to tell people if we don't get to them, you can send them in. We'll we'll make sure that we get them to Deborah. But this is a big one that I have right now on my mind. So with all the kids out there, and I know you always say it's so important, and we talked a little bit more about, about it, but is there anything else to add about why you say it, networking and making connections is so key in the career today. I mean, hasn't it always been, or is, what has changed? Oh gosh. You know, I have two thoughts on that. First of all, networking is today's contact sport. It just is. It's, it's how you play the game. And that's number one. And you know, when going back to uh, one of the other kids that were on the podcast today that you were talking about, you know, it's, it's not what you do it's who you know. It's not where you go. It's who you know. Today, now, moving forward in terms of careers, it's all who you know. It, it, it just is. And that's why networking and, and getting to know people and what you could do for them or what they could do for you is the way to go. And it's not just sitting there going, here's my resume. Here's what I've done. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. integrating that into a way of connecting. You know, it's Maya Angelou always said, and I'm sure you know this quote, Sandy, people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget the way you made them feel. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is Absolutely. what I tell all my kids. Make people feel something about you. Yeah. And you can never go wrong. Well, what do you do about... <sighs> My heart goes out to these people, mm-hmm. and I can't relate to it, but 
the really, really shy people, the introverts, the people that have trouble with socialization. And I've met some of them and they're brilliant and they're amazing workers. But just the thought of networking throws them into a tizzy and then trying it virtual. I just had one young man said to me the other day, because Sandy, I can't, I, I can't do it. And he has suffers with a lot of uh, social anxiety. Like, how, how do we get them out in the world to give them a voice, you know? Sandy, that's so interesting you say that because I've, I've worked with a lot of kids like that, to be honest with you. I worked really? with Tourette's. Oh, absolutely. Abs- in fact, I was talking to one yesterday who said that she was very shy in middle school and then she got involved in high school. But how can she, you know, bring that out to the world? I have so many kids like this. I'd say like half of my kids are that. And when we go into their story, there's something, there's this aha moment. I can't even explain it to you. Mm. But there's this like realization of that part that they compartmentalized as I'm shy, I can't speak up, I have social anxiety. It's like this spark goes off that kind of restarts the engine to say, oh, oh my God, I am that. I didn't realize because, you know, I say to kids, do you want to be a war- a warrior or a warrior? Ooh, I and like you that one. Thank you. I love it too. I'm a very <laughs> quote person. But it's so true. Like, do you want to sit in your life and be a warrior or do you want to be a warrior? And that storytelling aspect of the gap of that is what makes you become a warrior. Because you're going, wow, this is who I am. Mm. And now I can tell. Because I think the anxiety and the lack of, it's just not knowing who you are or what you're about. So you can't discuss it. You can't convey it. But when you come to know yourself through your stories, it's so much easier to tell. It's almost like being an actor, right? Like if you were doing a part of a bag lady, you wouldn't come out all Gucci'd up. You'd come (laughs) out of the elevator to the casting director in the bag, being in the character and saying your lines. That's what I help the kids to do. I love that. Because, I mean, I, I don't like when they say to me, uh, well, you have no idea because you just will talk over there to a tree, which I do talk to trees, but that's a whole other thing. And so I do too. Yeah, you can't understand what it feels like. But I have seen kids, you know, just like you said, with coaching, with the right person mm-hmm. and finding their passion come out of their shell. I mean, I've seen it many, many times. All right, Deborah, you ready for rapid fire, baby? Oh, I am. Go for it. <laughs> Fun questions that we're going to ask you before we go. All right, okay. number one, favorite food? Sushi. Oh, I love sushi too. Anything in the sushi realm, like spicy tuna rolls? Yeah, spi- love spicy tuna rolls. Okay. <laughs> All right, your favorite day, what would it look like? My favorite day, to be honest with you, is every day, Sandy, that I get to wait, work with these kids and help them to excavate and find their story and their passions and watch them go on to do great things. Hmm. So you get to doing that. It's happiness. Total happiness. Tell us one thing about you that nobody knows that you're willing to share. Anything. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm kind of, you know, it's funny because I'm an open book. Like, I don't really keep, gosh, I don't, that I'm trying to, I, you know what? It's kind of funny. No, everybody knows everything about me. Ooh, that's really true. 
They know everything. Well, what about something that maybe our listeners may not think about you? Like a favorite show, something you do to snack, like something, okay. a hobby that they wouldn't guess. Okay. I am addicted to Married at First Sight. Oh, okay. I, I don't know that show. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Well, I, I may have gotten you addicted to it. Because you know what? It's, it's very psychological, so I like it. Yeah. Is it a reality show? Yeah, it's like, well, it's like a scripted reality show on TLC, I think it is, or Lifetime, okay. I forgot. But it's, yeah, it's, they marry people that they've never, ever met in their whole Shut life. Shut up! Are they crazy? <laughs> All right, now I got to check it out, man. Yeah. Married at first sight. first sight. All right, cool. Favorite color? Black. Shut up. Really? <laughs> is that your favorite color? No. <laughs> no one's ever said that color as their favorite color. Ever, ever, ever. Well, I'm sorry, because can I just say, when I was in fashion and Donna Karen came out with her, like, seven-piece thing, everything was black, her bodysuit, the wrap, and I felt like a million bucks in it. So (laughs) I have to go with black. So there is an uplifting side to that, right? Absolutely. Okay. Favorite singer, although I think you already said who it was. My favorite singer right now is Alicia Keys. Oh, okay. And uh, a girl named Sasha Cohen. Oh, oh no, yeah, Sasha yeah, yeah. Sloan. Sasha, Sasha Sloan. She's an amazing songwriter. Okay, Sasha. I don't know her, but of course I know Alicia. Okay. All right. Hobby. What do you do in your spare time? You know what? I do a lot of things in my spare time. I do, during COVID, I've been doing puzzles. I've been, I got a Casio piano. I'm trying to learn some of the songs, um, like cool songs on the piano. And I bought a stand-up paddleboard, well, like a blow-up stand-up paddleboard because I live on the intercoastal. So I just blow it up and I go out into the water and I could be on any vacation in the world right now. Oh, I really think that I need to come down and experience that. (laughs) You're more than welcome. All right, Deborah, we have to wrap it up. Is there anything that we didn't get in that you want to get out? Do you got something to say still? The only thing I would say to all the kids and all the listeners that are out there, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. Ooh, I like that one too. You got all these one-liners that I love. Yeah. I got that. That's, That's a really cool thing. All right, how can they reach you? They can reach me uh, two ways. On my website, www.yourcareerdesignlab.com, or they can email me at info, I-N-F-O, at yourcareerdesignlab.com. And I just want to say, Sandy, for the listeners today, I am offering a half-hour free consultation of maybe if somebody's got a question or uh, you know an idea of where they want to head, I'd be more than happy to offer that service to them for free. Oh, the perfect. That's perfect. All right, my let's keep it real people. I think you will admit Deborah kept it real. There's lots of good tidbits in there. Please, if you know someone that could really use that, the kids, the parents, pass it on. Rate it, subscribe it, check out her website. You won't be disappointed. I know I'm thinking of so many parents and kids that I'm going to refer to Deborah. And until next time, you know what I'm going to say. You ready for it? Toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.